You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, what up, what up? Welcome in to Friday's edition of Locked On NFL on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your boy Q and Christopher Carter. Christopher is the host of Locked On Steelers. I'm the host of Locked On Raiders. And our guy Bo Brock, who used to be with me here on Fridays, is now doing Mondays. And so you'll be able to talk to him and listen to him and see what he's got to say about Super Bowl 55. But Chris, here we are, man. We are on the eve. We are on the doorstep, basically, of Super Bowl 55. Off top of the show, man, I know we got a, a big show to get to, but did you think at some point we might not get here? I just I feel I feel like uh, I'm in that video where it's like look at us you know just we we made it y'all we actually got to the end of the season I do feel a sense of relief um, you know we you know we we had certainly had lots of ups and downs with this season with COVID testing with a lot of scares heck we would you know this, just this week they were they had to throw out a barber that so they didn't right. get Patrick Mahomes COVID like it's just been an insane year but. They made it to the end of the season. I thought they would. I thought that the NFL would would find a way and make it happen. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that they have, and uh, we actually get a Super Bowl to watch. Yeah, exactly, and it's going to be a fun Super Bowl. And please believe we'll be talking about it on today's show. Coming up on today's show in segment number three, Chad Millman from the Action Network. He'll give us the lines. He'll give us all the betting lines for this game, who we should put some money on, where we should put the money at, and also some prop bets for the Super Bowl. We all like that. That'll come up in segment number three. Segment number two, uh, Christopher and myself will break down the game, how we think it's going to be won, how we think it's going to be lost. Maybe we'll give you some predictions on who we think could be the MVP. Some point in the show, we'll make sure to do that. But uh, definitely break down Super Bowl 55 in segment number two. Here in segment number one, we thought it'd be fun to go ahead and do like the NFL does on Saturday night, the night before the Super Bowl, and that's hand out awards and also announce the Hall of Fame class. And there's uh, 15 people right now in the Hall of Fame or Hall of Fame class as far as uh, modern day contributors. Obviously, all 15 are not going to be elected into the Hall of Fame. So we're going to go through that and we'll also go through the awards. So, uh, Christopher, how do you think we should start this? Should we start with the awards or should we start with the gold jackets? Let's start with the awards. Let's start with the awards. The gold jackets will get to in the second segment that'll get we can get passionate into that um but let the let's get the awards out the way um and our first thing we got i want to talk to you about q is the idea of the mvp trophy (laughs) and the offensive player of the year award because some years it's the same some years it's not but most years the mvp is an offensive play almost every year the mvp is an offensive player right how is a person the MVP of the league, but then not the best offensive player? Now, some years it has been the case. Patrick Mahomes won both in the same year. Uh, I believe Matt Ryan won both in the same year. I believe Cam Newton won both in the same year. But like last year, the MVP of the league was Lamar Jackson, but the most, but the best offensive player was Michael Thomas. What sense does that make? None. None whatsoever. Again, like you said, if you're going to have the MVP be the offensive guy, then He's got to be the offensive player of the year as well, or else he's not the MVP. I mean, those kind of things, It to me, it feels like they're almost forcing another award. Like, you know what? Uh, we got to get we got to hand out another trophy. And, and look, this is not a small uh, participation trophy. This is MVP and then offensive player of the year. But if, if it's going to go to an offensive guy, like you said, it's got to be an offensive player of the year as well. It just doesn't make any sense. Maybe it can open the door for a defensive player to be an MVP. I would love to see that. And I know you as a as a Steelers guy, they've had a lot of great defensive players in the history of the Steelers. I'm sure you wouldn't mind seeing a defensive player of the year be a, or a, a MVP of the league. Excuse me, be a defensive player either. No, I wouldn't mind it, but I just I know that's not going to happen, especially this year. <laughs> Wishful you know, thinking. They, <laughs> <You're> t- 
<laughs> I'm resigned to it. It's just it can't happen, and especially when Patrick Mahomes and, and Aaron Rodgers were lighting up the league the way they were going through the season. Because remember, these votes for the, these awards, these are done by the end of the regular season. They, right. You know, the playoffs throw them out. Right. Um. You know, like you know, who cares that Aaron Donald got hurt and that you know and, and that kind of stuff. Like all the things that they're going to be counting right now is what happened during the season. Um. And, and when you look at it offensively, I mean. You know, it, it's clear to me the two guys are Aaron Rodgers and and, and Patrick Mahomes, and, and maybe that's what they do. Maybe one gets one award and the other one gets the other. Um, but I mean, it, it's it's such a tough it's a tough thing. Patrick Mahomes had the second most uh, passing yards, only behind Deshaun Watson this year. Um, you know, and and honestly, there were times I felt like. You know that you could say about him, but then Aaron Rodgers he threw for the most touchdowns this year with forty eight, and Patrick Mahomes was was ten behind him at thirty eight. It's an interesting race this year. I feel like Aaron Rodgers is going to get the MVP vote because of again where they were at the end of the regular season. But this is an either or. Why I don't think anyone, unless you're a vested fan of the person who didn't get the award, I don't think anyone will be mad at the at the decision here. No, uh, I, I think that it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. I really do. I, I feel like that that's the the no doubt about it. And, and Patrick Mahomes obviously has every claim as well. But I just feel like that as well as as Green Bay was playing, and it was a big shock that they kind of it felt like to me just had a letdown, a major letdown that NFC Championship game. I, I just I think that Aaron Rodgers is is no doubt about it. The the MVP. And and again, for me, that would mean that he's the offensive player of the, of the year for me as well. But we know that that's not going to happen for the sake of, well, let's give out another trophy. And like you said, maybe that's the way of saying this is 1-1A and as far as uh, Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers goes. But I, I got MVP. I got Aaron Rodgers, no doubt about it. So let's move on to the other award that we got to talk about that's about the best player. So this is where that defensive player, because it's defensive MVP. Now, it's an interesting race here this year for me. Uh, for me, there's two clear-cut guys at the very top. And you could throw away the rest. I know some people want to say Chase Young, Miles Garrett. No, 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 no. They get them out of here. This is TJ <laughs> Watt versus Aaron Donald here. Um, both of these guys extremely dominant at their positions. TJ Watt led the league with 15 sacks. Uh, he also led the league with most tackles for loss, most quarterback hits. Um, but Aaron Donald is still Aaron Donald. I believe he's right. won the award, what, twice now? Yeah. Um, he, uh, he had four forced fumbles. He was one and a half sacks behind TJ Watt. Um, and, and him being a defensive tackle, that that that, that will get weighed into the conversation. Is like you know T.J. Watt comes off the edge there. Um, you know T.J. also has he has seven passes to passes passes broken up this year. So that's something that the Aaron Donald wouldn't have on, on his on his ledger as well as an interception that he doesn't. But I want to get your sense, Q, because you know I, Pittsburghers trust me. If T.J. Watt don't win this award, I'm gonna have to like calm down the rioters from Pittsburgh because they're going to be trying to march all the way down to Tampa Bay, Florida and stop the Super Bowl by Sunday if TJ Watt doesn't win this award. But what is your what is your sense of this? Well, I think Aaron Donald can win it every year. You know what I mean? It's almost like that LeBron James in the in the NBA. Like, he could win the MVP every single year, and you can't say, well, I don't see that that happening. I mean, you could. Aaron Donald could legitimately win it every single year. And the Rams had a great defense this year, really, really good defense. Uh, that's how Brandon Staley ended up getting a job with the, the Chargers as their head coach. But I got to go with T.J. Watt as well, and I know that will make Pittsburghers happy, but I got to go with T.J. Watt for a couple reasons. Um, one, he's not Aaron Donald. You know, it's not the same, same guy every year. And he had a heck of a season. And, oh, by the way, he 
led the league, you know, in multiple categories like you already ran down. T.J. Watt is a heck of a, a player. Uh, it was a shame that it took so long for, for him to get drafted in the first round. The Steelers obviously benefited from that. A lot of teams are kicking themselves in the backside, including my Raiders. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it is what it is. I think T.J. Watt is definitely the defensive player of the year, This and, and, and I don't even think it's close, even though it's Aaron Donald is always close. But I think T.J. Watt, he earned that. It, it, it's funny I say that Pittsburghers would riot. There'd also be some Pittsburghers who would be you know, pretty happy with Aaron Donald, considering he went to the University of Pittsburgh right. and he's from out here. Right. So, uh, so you know, it's an interesting balance there. But I'm with you. I just think T.J. Watt should get it. Um, I, if Aaron, if Aaron, if Aaron Donald got it, I'd be like. You know, I just throw my hands. I'm like, yeah, I what? What can you say? Can't get mad at it. It's Aaron Donald. You know, you can't get mad. Right. Like, I I would feel the same way. Just like I said, you know, unless you're like a vested Packers fan or a vested Chiefs fan, how can you get mad at picking either or over over the other guy? Right. Uh, Because both of them are clearly the two were two clearly the two best quarterbacks in the league. It's just a matter of what your flavor was for who did better this season. To me, I would pick Aaron Rodgers because he threw a lot more touchdowns. Um, and maybe in this case, you're thinking, well, TJ Watt got more sacks and he played one less game. And maybe that's why you want it. And he, he got all these other categories. But then some maybe you're saying Aaron Donald, defensive tackle, they're triple teaming him every game. Right. And he's still getting these numbers. So there's a lot of different ways there. I wouldn't be mad either way about this. But as far as the, the, the other awards here, the last two we want to talk about, Comeback player of the year, which to me, it has to be Alex Smith. No brainer. I, it's, I, no brainer. Kick, <laughs> kick down the door. It's yep. done. Yep. Um, the guy almost the guy almost died. Like, like they the, yep. the whole documentary just see, sealed it for me. It's just like, just just give him, just give him the dog on award. Yes. It's the like, minute he it's stepped like when, on the field is the minute he won that award. It's like when it's like when Leonardo DiCaprio had to get beat up by a bear. And, and live inside a horse in a revenant. It's like just give him the Oscar, man. Like just, just, just give it to him. It's his. It's his now. What the uh, hell movie was that? He lived in a horse. You didn't see a revenant? Hey, I don't watch movies, man. <laughs> okay, so get this. So, so Leonardo DiCaprio, one of the greatest actors of our time, has never won an Oscar. So. He plays in this movie where he's some dude out in the woods, and to save his son, he he ends up having to like like fight a bear, and the grizzly bear like beats him half to death, and then he's left for dead. So the first of all, the bear like brutally beats him, like it's the most brutal beatdown <laughs> I've seen in movies and anything ever. I'm sorry we're going off NFL track here, but bear with me. He has to understand what happened in the Revenant. So like the bear, so the bear like leaves him alone, and then he like tries to call in. It comes back and beats him up some more, and you're like, oh god, just give Leo the Oscar. But that wasn't it. So he recovers from the bear. Tom Hardy it buries him deep and like tells him he's gonna kill his son like like he's a and then Leonardo DiCaprio rises from from the dirt chases down Tom Hardy and at some point he gets chased by Native Americans jump falls off of a cliff and to avoid freezing to death he cuts his horse open and sleeps inside of the horse oh, and at yeah. that point I just up in the and just he just wants an Oscar just give him the Oscar and this movie will end please and he got the Oscar that year that's how I feel with Alex Alex Smith this man came back he had after the injury it's like look alex you were a number one draft pick you 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 got all this money you know no one's gonna ever doubt you and he's like no i'm coming back like just give him the comeback player of the award jeez okay i've i've learned something today <laughs> i have learned something today that a man has lived inside a horse in a movie unbelievable <laughs> i will never get over that i can't stop seeing that in my mind either Unbelievable. All right. Well, it's a crazy movie. Alex Smith is on the same level as a man who slept in a horse to save his life. The state. Okay. (laughs) Give me that last. What what other award are we doing, man? I done lost my train of thought. (laughs) The the last one we're going to talk about coach of the year award. Uh, A lot of, a lot of people had Brian Flores at the start of the season because the dolphins were making moves, but they fell off. Yeah. I think that, I think it's going to be Sean McDermott. 
just with the with the hot streak that the yeah. Bills were on, and, and and they were at one point looking unstoppable until again they played Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, they, I think that that Sean McDermott is going to get the acknowledgement for how how strong the Bills played this year, and especially how strong they finished. Because remember, after that hail mary loss to the Cardinals, they beat every opponent by 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 two possessions at least. Right. So. Uh, to me, I think he he's going to be the guy that, that gets that. You know, that makes a lot of sense. I could totally see that, and I'm on board with it. But I'll throw one other name out there just because. How about Ron Rivera? We just talked about Alex mm. Smith. How about Ron Rivera? Mm. Everything he's had to go through with the Washington football team not having a mascot because, well, we all know why, and all the issues off the field he's had to deal with, just not even in his personal life, just with the chaos of the team. You have Alex Smith coming back. You have to get rid of your former first-round uh, you know, draft pick quarterback. And then all of a sudden, by the way, you're dealing with cancer as well. Uh, and that could almost be comeback player, a person of the year as well. I kind of think that Ron Rivera might get a soft spot in people's heart and they, they go and, and, and roll the dice with him. And I know the NFC East is the NFC least. It's not very good, but Washington did win it this year. You know, with all those things going on, <laughs> they did win it. So uh, McDermott, I think is probably option A, but if I had to say there was a dark horse, I'd probably say it's Ron Rivera. I think that's very safe. Those are the awards we were running down, Q. There it is. There it is. Coming up in segment number two, we'll actually talk about the game. Plus, we'll we'll talk about some gold jackets, some Hall of Famers. Uh, we'll pick a couple that we think should be announced tomorrow. They should get David Baker's knock on the door. Before we get into that, though, we do want to tell you about Echelon. Because when it comes to getting in shape or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as the feeling of accomplishment. Or hitting your fitness goals and feeling great about yourself. Echelon can help you get there. They offer the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their Echelon Stride Smart treadmill. So no matter what your favorite fitness activity is, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your own home. We've been doing a lot from home, right? Get your workout at, get your workout on at home as well. The EX7S is Echelon's latest state-of-the-art innovation that takes cycling to the next level. The connected bike is built with performance, flexibility, and durability in mind and is the bike for competitors at heart. Their world-class instructors will motivate you with thousands of daily live and on-demand studio-level classes, and they're always available when you need them. Right now, you can try any Echelon Fitness equipment at your home for 30 days. How do you do that? Simple. Go to echelonfit.com slash locked on. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash locked on. Again, echelonfit.com slash locked on to get the Echelon Fitness equipment in your home for 30 days. Segment number two is coming up next. You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back here on the Locked On NFL podcast. It's the Friday episode with your boy Q and Chris Carter. Q, of course, Locked On Raiders, myself from Locked On Steelers. Q, we got we got an interesting class here, our potential class for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. There are 15 modern era fine, uh, player finalists, and to me, there are there are at least two shoe wins guys that need to be just thrown in there. Don't even vote about it. Just just you in the Hall of Fame. Yep. But then, I think the next three are you could you could bounce around with. And I know some people are going to uh, joust with me about this, so let's get into it. So first of all, do you agree with me? Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson, don't even vote. You're in. Yeah. First ballot. Yeah, those two are in. Those two are in. So we don't we don't even have to argue about those two. Those are those are shoe wins. The question is going to be like you mentioned the next three. Now there are there are two other guys who are first ballot guys this year, and that's Calvin Johnson and Jared Allen. Now 
first ballot is often an honor that the greatest of the greats get. Like, right. you know, Troy Polamalu got it. Ed Reed got it. Yep. You know, Tom Brady will get it. Yep. Peyton Manning is going to get it this time. Charles Woodson is going to get it this time. Um, I'm not so sure that Calvin Johnson reaches that because of how short his career was. And not, and this isn't a slight against him, right. but I thought that several receivers over the past few years were were robbed of being first battle Hall of Fame. Randy Moss wasn't. Terrell Owens wasn't. Uh, it took Chris Carter five years of eligibility to get in. Right. And for my money, until the new era of wide receivers came, he was the number two guy to uh, to uh, Jerry Rice. And I just, I've just i always seen receivers devalued in the voting process, and I feel like that's going to happen here too. Yeah, I agree. You know, And and Calvin Johnson did have a, a shorter career. He was great in the, in the stretch run 2007 to 2015 with the Lions. Obviously, they didn't win a lot of games because they're the Lions, but he was a great receiver. Uh, but because of the logjam at the wide receiver position, I don't think he's going to be a first ballot guy. And I think that that's okay because I think there's other guys that are deserving that are sitting behind them. You know, there's been other guys that haven't got in right away. And I don't know why... The, the Hall of Fame class doesn't get guys in right away when they should, like the, the guys that you mentioned. But because of that, I think that Calvin Johnson will probably – I mean, he's going to get in at some point. He just doesn't right. get in this year as far as I'm concerned. But we will see. You never know how things may shake out. But there's other guys like even, you know, a Tory Holt who's in this class as, uh, as well, again, trying to get in. You know what I mean? Like there's so many guys that are trying – Isaac Bruce trying to get in. There's so many mm -hmm. guys that want to get in that put up stellar numbers. I just can't see Calvin Johnson getting in right away. If, if I had to pick three more guys, um, I would look at, um, and, and this is, I, I am, I work with Dale Lolly. He's one of the guys that votes. He actually presented for Troy Polamalu last year um, to the Hall of Fame voters. He's a, he's a beat writer for DKPittsburghSports.com. The sense I've gotten from him that Alan Faneca is going to happen this year. Okay. Uh, you know, the guard from, from the Steelers, yep. he played a little bit with the Jets. Um, you heard Bruce Arians talking about him on Radio Row this week. Uh, of course, that won't have any impact on the vote. The votes have already happened. But I, 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 I think Alan Fanica is one that could get in. I feel like this would be a year for Torrey Holt just yeah. because of his involvement in that Rams offense. Mm -hmm. But I'm not so sure how that's going to happen. Rondé Barber, I think, deserves to, to get mentioned here. Tony Baselli, a longtime tackle for the Jaguars. Yeah. Uh, He's a guy I think has gotten stiffed for way too long. He he was he was one of my favorite offensive tackles to watch when I was a kid. And it's crazy when you say you watched offensive tackles as a kid. Yes, I'm a football <laughs> nerd. Um, but uh, I think those are my favorites to be in, in the in the the next three. Reggie Wayne certainly could be up there yeah. for all the numbers he put up. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm not high on John Lynch and Zach Thomas. I think they're great players, but just comparatively to these other guys. They were supreme playmakers at their positions, and I, I, I just personally, my book, I value that these other guys a little bit higher. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think Fanica is a great selection. He definitely should get in, no doubt about that. So, uh, yeah, he, he should be one of the guys that uh, David Baker knocks on the door on 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 Saturday. Or actually, I don't even know how they're going to do it. Maybe they just do it virtually. I guess there is no knock at the door. Uh, COVID, you know, it's a it's a different it's a different animal. <laughs> I didn't even think about COVID. You know what I mean? How can David Baker? Yeah, <laughs> man. I always like seeing the big man knock on the door, so I don't think that that's going to happen. Maybe he's going to have to call him on the phone. I don't know, but uh, you know, it's funny. I talked to Ladanian Tomlinson right after he got the knock, and everyone knew he was going to be a shoe-in to get in, and he even said, even though everyone told me I was in, until you hear that knock at the door, 
You just don't know. You just get nervous until you hear that knock. So even though it was a shoe in that he was going to be a, a first ballot Hall of Famer, he, he waited and waited and waited until he heard that knock. I'll tell you one guy I think gets in. And, you know, he's a guy that I think people maybe question a little bit, but Jared Allen. I think Jared Allen has an opportunity to get in. Had a long career with the Chiefs, the Vikings, Bears, Panthers. Uh, he just he was a sack artist, man. He was one of those guys. And I love Jared Allen, even though he played with the Chiefs and he played against the Raiders all the time. He loved the game of football, man. You just love to see the way he went out there and played the game. I remember when he retired, he said, and I'm paraphrasing, basically, I'm about to get on my horse and ride off, you know, ride off and into the sunset. He's just, just one of those guys, you know. And I, I do think that Jared Allen has a bust in, in Canton. I'm not sure if he's going to get in this year, but I would have no problem if they did count him in and my thing with jared Allen is is the first ballot thing there's a lot of voters yeah. that i hear take that very seriously right. like like they will intentionally not vote for you for one year just so that you and bring you in the next year just so that you weren't a first ballot hall of because they didn't feel like you were that great and to me yeah jared allen absolutely he's a hall of famer i just don't know if they're going to give him that honor right um and and i've been wrong before uh <laughs> but i but just just my gut feeling on how i've seen or, or, and heard people talk about this class. I, I wouldn't put them on this year's ballot, but I absolutely put them on next year's. Yeah, so, no, that works. That works. So, I mean, we got Alan Fanica. We got uh, we got Peyton Manning. We got Charles Woodson for sure. Calvin Johnson's a question. Jared Allen's a question. Um, you know, Clay Matthews. Yeah, but I, I, yeah. I, 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 yeah, exactly. I feel like if I have to think about it, then probably it's not. So I'm right. not too sure who rounds this out. Tony Baselli would make a lot of sense, uh, but then you have two offensive linemen and and nothing against offensive linemen. I feel like the the the, the committee is going to want to kind of you know switch it up a little bit and have different positions, not a couple of the same. But I mean, we've seen a couple uh, you know corners or safeties go in one year too. So maybe maybe they could have a couple offensive linemen go in. Uh, Tony Baselli makes a lot of sense to me. It could also that could also play into it. Now, I'll tell you something I've I've literally heard have an impact is that there 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 are Hall of Fame voters who have a thing against the Steelers, and, and at least in in saying we're not going to do so many Steelers at once. And don't forget, with last year, the guys who were inducted last year or voted in last year were never given their ceremonies. Right. So this year, there's going to be two years of ceremonies. Yep. And last year, the Steelers got Troy Polamalu, Bill Cowher. And Donnie Shell, uh, and that's right. Donnie Shell was a was a crazy one because Peter King and several other voters said they would never vote for another member of the '70 Steelers because there were just too many in it. And now Donnie Shell, who deserved to be in it, he's up there in all time interceptions. He's you know one of the greatest safeties of all time, and uh, and now you know he's getting in. So if Fanonuk were to go in, and the contributor finalist Bill Nunn, who seems like a shoe in. The, if those guys, that'd be five Steelers yeah. being brought in in the same year. I, I do think there might be a pushback because of that. Yeah, no, you're right. I didn't think about that. You're absolutely right. And that that's going to be a factor. It shouldn't be a factor. That's just a credit to how damn good the Steelers teams were, you know, and, and those players were. But that is a factor as well, man. It's And it's a shame. And I talk to John McClain from the Houston Chronicle all the time. He's a Hall of Fame voter. Talk to yes, him all yeah, the time. Great. I hate the politics that are involved, man. Like, hey, if the player was a damn good player, put him in. You know, I mean, it's not about how he treated the media. It's not how he talked to the media. It's how right. he played on the field between the lines. I don't care mm -hmm. that T.O. was outside of his house doing sit-ups on the driveway. I don't care about that because when he was on the field, he was the baddest dude out there. 
Simple. It, it, yep, I agree entirely. I mean, it, same with Randy Moss. Yes. Uh, some people didn't like him for what he did. You know, I look at I, I look at how great of a player were you. Right. You know, if you're a jerk, that's fine. You mean you can be a jerk, but if you were if you were a great player, this is about the this is about the Hall of Fame. This is about who was the greatest of the greats. Yeah. And uh, you know, there's I'm sure there's a lot of there's a lot of jerks who are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So <laughs> yeah, it's not um, the so, Hall so, of yeah, Fame. I'm, I'm nice with guys. you entirely on this cue. <laughs> Right. You're not it's not the Hall of Nice Guys. It's the Hall of right. Fame. <laughs> <laughs> not the Hall of Nice Guys. Um let's let's get to talking about the actual Super Bowl here, Q. Okay. We gotta we gotta do so we gotta talk about gambling a little bit with our man Chad Millman. But I wanted to get a sense from you. What is the key matchup here that flips the game over for the team that you think is gonna win? Well, you know, I just think that that this is going to be a game where the defense – I've been comparing this game to Super Bowl 50, and Super Bowl 50 was the Panthers against the Denver Broncos in Santa Clara. Peyton Manning won that Super Bowl, but it really wasn't because of Peyton Manning. It was because of the defense. I think that that's what's going to happen with this game as far as Tampa Bay goes. I think that those tackles being out for Kansas City is huge. Uh, I think that JPP coming off one side, Shaq Barrett coming off another side, Vita Vey in the middle trying to plug up the run, even though you know we know the Chiefs aren't going to just run the ball 30 times. But still, I mean, he's going to be an impact. He's going to make it hard for Patrick Mahomes to step up. He's got that turf toe as well. Uh, I think that this is truly a game where you say defense wins championships. I think Devin White is a, is a big-time linebacker, flies around sideline to sideline. He's, he's just an alpha dog coming out of LSU. Uh, love him. I thought that Tampa Bay got him at a great spot at number five in the draft when they picked him up. And uh, I, I just honestly think that those tackles are going to be too much to overcome for Kansas City. There's going to have Tampa Bay Buccaneers living in the backfield too much in this game. I certainly think that that will definitely be a factor into the game. Uh, there's no denying the, the the Buccaneers have been great at pass rushing, and especially in these last few games, and they've lived off the off the creating of turnovers. Uh, you know, against the Saints, they had what three interceptions yeah. on Drew Brees. Yep. Uh, against the Packers, they had an interception on Aaron Rodgers. Jordan Whitehead, pit alum. Um, uh, <laughs> he uh, he forced a fumble that was recovered and set up the uh, the, the Buccaneers' last touchdown. Um, but my thing is this. I'm not so sure they're going to get those turnover opportunities as much. I think that even if they get the pressure, Patrick Mahomes has shown that he can deal with pressure. You know, he's not Tom Brady. Tom, you you hit Tom Brady, he becomes very human. That's why right. he lost those giant Super Bowls, was that th- those front fours would just get after him. Yeah. But I- I've seen Patrick Mahomes deal with pressure, get hit, get up, and then chuck the ball 50 yards down the field and throw a touchdown and be like, yeah, whatever. Right. Um, and I just with the with the the threat, Devin White's going to have a serious challenge. He has to help take away Travis Kelsey. Yeah. If Travis Kelsey eats, this is going to be a blowout because Tyree Kill is going to is going to be dangerous. Miko Hardman is going to be dangerous. But if Travis Kelsey gets involved in this game and and does what he did to the Bills, I don't think the Buccaneers even have a chance to recover from what the Chiefs do. I do think Devin White will 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 make it tougher. For Travis Kelsey, um, I also I, I like Whitehead if he can, if he could be healthy for this game. I've heard that him and Winfield could be both ready to go. Uh, that's going to be a huge factor here. If both of them are hundred percent, I think the Buccaneers got a good shot. But if even either of them are at seventy five percent, I think Patrick Mahomes' arm is going to make that a problem and and rip into the Buccaneers. And then uh, I, I'm not so sure that the Buccaneers will have enough consistency on offense. To uh to make the plays that, that that put them over top, so I'm I'm going with the Chiefs. Okay, but 
Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised about the, the Buccaneers either. I'm not dissing the Buccaneers. They're a tough team, and, and I admire the way that they play football. Um, and uh, and I th- I think they've even built a very impressive roster. I just have a hard time betting against Patrick Mahomes with the way he's played of late. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I think that with everything that we're saying and the way that we're breaking it down, even though we're picking opposite teams, you going with Kansas City, I'm going with Tampa Bay, I think that we could both agree the trenches are going to play a major, major factor in this yes. game on Sunday. Absolutely. If Chris Jones and the Chiefs are getting after, uh, getting after Tom Brady, right. that's going to impact the the the, the Buccaneers' uh, offense. And I think there's a lot of things that could be talked about that. Now, in our next segment, we got our man Chad Mil- Millman from the Action Sports Network. He's going to be giving you all the betting advice. And there's one place that we tell you to go place your bets, and that's BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag today. Sign up for a free account, and with your first deposit, you can get a 50% bonus by using the promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N locked on all capital letters, all one word. Again, they get you a 50% bonus to your first deposit. And when you bet at betonline.ag, you don't just got to do who wins the Super Bowl. You could do the over and under. You could do who scores the first touchdown, who makes the first catch. If you look far enough, you can even see what color is the weekend's jacket going to be <laughs> when he comes out for the halftime show. All those type of bets can be made at betonline.ag. The only place the locked on podcast network trusts to place our bets and remember use that promo code locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n locked on all capital letters all one word and you'll get a 50 percent bonus on your first deposit get off the sidelines get in on the action betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts you are locked on nfl your daily nfl podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day. Welcome back into Locked On NFL on this Friday, February 5th, 2021, right here on the eve pretty much of the big game on Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, Super Bowl 55, Tampa Bay and the Chiefs. And let's get into the gambling side of things. Let's take a deeper dive and to help us do that each and every week throughout the course of the season, we've had Chad Millman from the Action Network on at Chad Millman on on Twitter. And Chad, we appreciate your time. You're joined by uh, your boy Q and Christopher Carter. He's the host of the Locked On Steelers. I do Locked on Raiders and well neither one of our teams are in the big game but the Chiefs and the and the uh, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in the big game so uh, looking at the lines man minus three right now for Kansas City Tom Brady's the the underdog for about the first time in his career uh, what are your thoughts on this one uh, how do we win some money in this game well look the value in this game from my perspective kind of got bet out of it the night that these two teams won their conference championship games it opened at three and a half, meaning the Chiefs, the Chiefs were three and a half point favorites. Almost immediately, the professional bettors bet on the box at plus three and a half. They figured, all right, they get that half point. Three is a key number. A lot of games land on three. They wanted to get the extra value in that hook. The total was at 57 and a half points scored in the game. That was the highest total ever, uh, beating the Patriots and the Falcons by half a point. That game, it got immediately bet down to 55 and a half. I will tell you, I don't think in either of those bets is there tremendous value. If you like the Chiefs, then you take the Chiefs because the past 12 years, when favorites win, they cover. It is not even a question. The last time a favorite won and did not cover was 2009 when the Steelers, Christopher Carter's, 
favorite team, <laughs> beat, beat the Arizona Cardinals 27-23, and they were seven-point favorites. Every game since then, if a favorite wins, they win by covering. If an underdog covers, they also win. So from a underdog perspective, the favorite does not come into play, or the point spread does not come into play. So if you like the Chiefs, take the Chiefs at minus three. If you like the Bucks, take the Bucks on the money line. Because history, the past 10 years, will tell you that if an underdog wins, they're going to win outright. It's not going to be one of those things where they lose a close game. Uh, my side right now, I would probably bet on the Bucks to win outright um, before I would bet on the point spread. That's interesting philosophy there because, you know, again, three points to me, I, you can look at that and I'm like, that's usually a coin flip because that can, that's say, just saying who's going to win the game. Um, but what, what has you put thinking of that the Bucks are your are your pick here in this situation? Uh, I'm I'm always a football nerd. I look at the I look at the matchups on the field. One thing that always gets me in the Super Bowl is when I see a pass rush that's playing as well as Tampa Bay going up against Patrick Mahomes, um, you know, and his offensive line getting hurt getting hurt up. That has me raising my eyebrows at at, at this matchup. Um, does that also affect maybe any, any of the other prop bets that you've seen out there that you've said, like, you know, oh, when Eric Fisher went down, I, I might have a less less uh, faith that Patrick Mahomes is going to pull off a few of these other bets? Yeah, it, it's a great question because one of the other bets that I know a lot of professional bettors like is the uh, over four and a half total sacks in the game. And part of it is Patrick Mahomes, he's a little bit banged up. He has the turf toe. He'll be nimble in the pocket, but he's not as likely to scramble. Over the last half of the season, he scrambled considerably less, even when he was healthy. He's always nimble in the pocket, but he likes to stay in the pocket. He likes to be able to get the ball downfield, number one. Number two, he's playing now without Eric Fisher. He's playing without Mitchell Schwartz. So now you've got an injured quarterback who is missing the two people who usually protect the edge when he's in the pocket. Going against a very immobile quarterback in Tom Brady who needs a lot of time for the routes that the Buccaneers run to get uncovered because it is a downfield passing offense. And the one thing that is high quality about the Chiefs is Chris Jones as a pass rusher. Their defense yeah. is pretty dreadful, but Chris Jones as a pass rusher is good. And he graded out according to pro football focus as the second hardest defensive lineman to block after Aaron Donald. So if there's any sort of advantage, it's Chris Jones against that Bucks offensive line. Um, so for all those reasons, I like the over four and a half sacks. Chad and you're talking, or Chris was talking about some uh, prop bets, and I know that there's plenty of them out there. There's a ton of them, so I'm not going to get to all of them. But of course, you know, want to talk about possibly who the Super Bowl MVP? It's easy to say, oh, Patrick Mahomes, or easy to say Tom Brady. But uh, is there a is there a prop bet out on the MVP that you kind of have your eye on? Well, look, yeah, like. There's those two and there's everybody else. One of the props that is getting a lot of attention right now for MVP, Leonard Fournette uh, is getting a lot of attention right now because he has had a lot of rushes and there are, there are sort of, um, there are a lot of wise guys who are thinking he will have a lot of catches. You know, Tom Brady has, the, the, the Bucks installed a lot more check down routes into their offense at Tom Brady's request giving Leonard Fournette more of an opportunity. Um, Tyreek Hill, obviously, is someone that a lot of people are going to think about because of the explosiveness with which he plays. Um, so if you're looking at it, those are two other opportunities. 
You know, let me ask you this real quick. When it comes to Tyreek Hill, if he does have a big game, like last time they played, I mean, he was basically one drop ball from almost 500 yards receiving. Would that not go to Patrick Mahomes? Would they not say, well, Patrick Mahomes, he threw the ball around the yard and, and, and got him in position? Or do you think that it still would have the opportunity for uh, Tyreek Hill to get something to get the MVP? Well, look, it's always a long shot when you're not betting on a quarterback. That's right. why quarterbacks are so low. So, look, like last year, I think it was Darren Williams had an amazing game, and it was still Patrick Mahomes who got the MVP. So, um, you know, the, if Tyreek Hill has 500 yards receiving, I think it'd be hard to not give him the MVP because 500 yards receiving for a, court, for right. a receiver is record-setting. One of the things that I like to look at sometimes are the different prowesses, like how many how many receivers get involved. And, and in this, uh, looking at BetOnline.ag, uh, there's a there's an over under of seven and a half on uh, Chiefs players getting a reception, and and the same thing going for the Buccaneers. You know, with Tom Brady, I usually get make that a given. Like you know, I never get try to get into any bets where it's you're gambling on which player Tom Brady would go to. But the fact that he might throw to a whole bunch of different players that interests me. But I'm not so sure that that's something I'd go with with the Chiefs here, especially because last week or well two weeks ago when they in the conference championship game, it was a lot of Tyreek Hill and a lot of Travis Kelsey. Uh, Chet, do, where do you see that as there as, as on those receiving props? Is that one that you would that you would bet on, and you think that either one of those is a is a money maker? I I honestly haven't researched that one at all. Um, thinking about it, I like your theory though. <laughs> I do think Tom Brady is more likely to spread the ball around. Um, you know, he has like potentially a deeper well of talent across the board. Do I believe that? Maybe. Um, but I do think that Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill are two guys that Patrick Mahomes leans to a little bit more. And like Sammy Watkins, he's he might be a little banged up. He's the second receiver, third behind Kelsey in terms of in terms of targets. Um, Miko Hardman doesn't get as many targets. Byron Pringle is getting a lot of targets lately, but is still not a sort of main receiver. Um, I could, I would probably favor the Bucks in in that bet. I like it. I like it a lot. We're talking right now with Chad Millman from the Action Network, talking a little bit of Super Bowl prop bets. And I got one for you. And uh, I know defensive players don't get a lot of love. I think that this game is going to be won by the defense. And I think Devin White's going to be a big-time player for Tampa Bay. Uh, what are your thoughts on Devin White as potentially a guy who could possibly come away uh, with the MVP trophy? Oh, I think that's interesting. I think it's going to be hard. for. I, I think it'll be a relatively high-scoring game. I don't know if it'll go over 55 and a half, but... Uh, that is still a high-scoring game. I think it's really hard in a game like that where there will be potentially a lot of touchdowns, six, seven touchdowns, um, for a guy like that to win MVP unless like there are seven touchdowns by one side and two of them are picks and <laughs> right. he's won one of them back. That could be very interesting. And and that's that's where I see defensive MVPs. I mean, we, we we've seen we've seen our share uh when it oftentimes it's about the timing of it because like it, you Chad, you referenced that that Super Bowl with the Steelers and the Cardinals. James Harrison had made the greatest defensive play in the history of the Super Bowl, and he didn't get that MVP trophy. It went to San Antonio Holmes because it ended. Uh, but there's other defensive MVPs who, because of their timing, they got the, the award. So I think that's interesting. I wanted to ask, you know, you're you're not you're not as confident about the over. In, in, in this game, 
how many what is the amount of the amount of touchdown passes that you're looking at for Patrick Mahomes because that's another number that a lot of people are staring at um it seems like the the the, the best bet is four or more right now that's the one that's making the least amount of money uh but is is there a number that you that you settled on that you feel comfortable putting your money down I would be comfortable betting over two and a half I would okay. not bet I would certainly not bet four um uh, I think two and a half feels like it feels like the right spot. Three touchdowns in the Super Bowl. It's a lot of touchdown, guys. I mean, it is. It is. It should be interesting, man. It was a really good game last year. Uh, Kansas City and San Francisco. I'm expecting it to be a really good game this year. Kansas City, Tampa Bay, obviously being played in Tampa Bay. Uh, that's Chad Millman from the Action Network, at Chad Millman on Twitter. Uh, and definitely, man, appreciate your time. I've loved having you on throughout the course of the season. We've been going back and forth, uh, talking a little Raider trash, but it's all good. You know, it's, it's all love. Uh, Chad, definitely appreciate you. Enjoy the game on Sunday, and uh, let's try to make some money. Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me on all year. I appreciate you indulging my hate for the Raiders. And the <laughs> irony, the, it, the joke may be on me because all of a sudden it could be Derek Carr getting traded to the Bears and then I'm stuck with the guy who I uh, have been bashing all year. <laughs> it's how it works out, Chad. It's how it works out. It's a beautiful thing, my man. I appreciate you. All right, guys. Enjoy. There he was right there, Chad Millman from the Action Network and giving you a few details on how you could possibly put some money in your pocket this Super Bowl Sunday. So, uh, Chris, here we are, man. We're the last show before the Super Bowl. So uh, final thoughts before we uh, you know, head into the weekend and prepare for the game on Sunday. Man, I'm excited to see this matchup. Old versus New Guard in the you know in the quarterback position. I'm picking the Chiefs. I think that they're the I think they're the team to beat here. Uh, even if the Buccaneers get up, I think the Chiefs get get busy on things. But wouldn't be surprised there. Also, really excited to see Bill see if Bill Nunn gets in the Hall of Fame. Longtime contributor was a huge part of getting HBCU athletes into the league uh, with the '70s. Of course, he him being a, a Steeler legend himself, but also a legend in Black History Month. That'd be a heck of a win. Yeah, absolutely. You know. Bill Nunn, I believe he's going to get in. I believe Tom Flores is going to get in. So uh, good for both of us. You know, we'll see a, a, a great uh, Pittsburgh Steeler legend, a Raider legend, Charles Woodson. You know, he's going to be a no-brainer. But I, I just mm-hmm. think that it's going to be some real good representation this weekend. Uh, it's Super Bowl weekend. It's exciting. It's different than normal. But it feels like we got to the finish line, man. It's been a long, dragged-out season. Not really dragged out, but just long season. Uh, COVID-19, you never really knew how it was going to shake out. But we're here now and uh, ready for a game on Sunday. So I got Pitt- uh, I got, I'll say I got Pittsburgh. I got uh, Tampa Bay in this game. I think defense okay. wins championships. Uh, like I kind of said to, to Chad, I think that Devin White's going to come up big in this game. Uh, maybe have a pick six. Like you said, uh, you know, it's all about timing. I think he might have a pick six or a fumble recovery towards the end of the game that helps seal the deal. So I'm going to roll with uh, Devin White and Tampa Bay, and you're rolling with uh, Patrick Mahomes and the and the Chiefs. Who'd you pick for your MVP? Uh, I'm going to go with Mahomes. I, I okay. think that he, I think that his his ability to air it out is, is going to be the thing that that separates the Chiefs in this game. And I, I've just been so impressed by any time you, you you. So what if you can get heat on this guy? He seems to extend plays uh, and move outside the pocket just fine, and his cannon of an arm is still there. I, I think he really tests the Buccaneers secondary, and that's where the problems come in this game. Yeah, no doubt that that could definitely be a, a major major problem for uh, for Tampa Bay in this game. Well, uh, that's it for us. What we're going to do now is just kind of pass. It on. Uh, everyone enjoy the game this weekend. On Monday, make sure you tune in. Our guy, Bo Brock, he's going to be recapping how it all went down on Locked On NFL on Monday's edition. So make sure you check that out. For my guy, Christopher Carter, uh, Locked On Steelers, I'm your boy Q, Locked On Raiders. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the game. Join Bo on Monday here on the Locked On NFL podcast.